The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers, so they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving, and many came to know about it. They hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ. That composition of the Alleluia that we sang just a moment ago, uh, many people think it's a Gregorian chant that would have its origins in the 8th or 9th century. It's actually a Baltimore product. It was composed in the early 1960s by the late Robert Twynham, who was the music director at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen for nearly 40 years. Um, it, it got published in almost every hymnal in those years right after the Second Vatican Council. He called it the Nickel Alleluia, because he said if he had a nickel for every time it got sung. So a little Baltimore lore there for you this morning. It's a fitting thing that here in the middle of July, right at the midpoint of the summer, Jesus beckons the disciples to come apart and rest. We could just sit there and take that in and, and say, this is a great gospel today. We can just say, okay, Jesus, I'll go away and rest, and then pack the car up and head on out to a deserted or perhaps not so deserted place. I'm just returning from a week of vacation down in Ocean City. I, I had the great luck of the draw of a phenomenal week at the beach compared to what people down there this week will face weather-wise. I was with a group of priest friends, and I guess a priest vacation in Ocean City doesn't look a whole lot different than what most families' vacations would look like, probably a little bit more space in our condo because we weren't cramming in you know, all kinds of multi-generations and filling every nook and cranny to the max. Um, but there was a lot of time spent resting, a lot of time spent on the beach, there was some golf time, there was a lot of eating and drinking. Um, but we also, when priests gather for vacation, also have the danger of entering into shop talk as we compare notes about what's going on in our lives and our parishes Sometimes a little bit of one-upmanship happening about who's doing what better or, you know, especially at the end of the fiscal year, we somehow compare budget numbers, a dangerous thing. We can come out on top in most of those categories, I would say. Um, but we also have some time for some shared prayer, which for priests is, is not, not that prayer isn't a common thing, but praying together is not always a common thing because we're passing and crisscrossing and, and often living on our own. And so it's a great time for, for us to gather as friends and be able to share in mass together and, and different moments of prayer and reflection together. And thankfully, as the week went on for us, 
there was less shop talk and more either just casual conversation or more significant matters, matters of reflection, probably fueled by some of that prayer. And as I prepared to come back and, and to reflect on the scriptures today, I was thinking about exactly what Jesus' invitation to the disciples to come apart and rest was all about. And I think it says something to us, not just about the need to have rest in our lives, that's certainly important, and it's not even just about the fact that we should have time to go away and, and have that opportunity for renewal and recharging that a vacation or time with family and friends does. But there's something about the ebb and flow of life in Christ that's very much reflected in Jesus' call. Something that we can replicate on a daily basis as well as look at in the grand scheme of our lives. And I said at the outset of Mass when we sang this morning, open my eyes, Lord, open my ears, Lord, and open my heart, Lord. It says something about how it is that we enter into prayer and how it was that Jesus wanted his apostles to come apart with him and enter into that time, not just to be together. And for prayer, for us, it's not just about signing in or logging in as though we just kind of sign on and say, okay, Lord, I'm here and I have these things I need to tell you in prayer. And so let me get this off my chest and enter into our devotional prayer or say what we need to say in petition or intercession. But that time in prayer that is really momentary moments of coming apart, coming away to rest in the Lord. And part of that resting is that positioning of ourselves that he can lead us and shepherd us as the prophet Jeremiah foretold that the Lord would provide a shepherd. And in prayer, that means that we not only speak to the Lord, but we invite the Lord to speak as we listen, as we open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Jesus beckoned the disciples to come apart because he had sent them away on their first mission, really, to preach, to announce the kingdom of God, and to heal the sick. And they came back, the gospel writer tells us simply that they came back and reported what they had done and taught. Imagine their enthusiasm. I think of what might have been in their hearts as Jesus sent them out. They must have been thinking like, you've got to be kidding, Lord. We're just barely able to grasp what you're telling us and what, you, what we're witnessing in you, and now you're telling us we're going to do it too? We easily would want to say, in any moment that the Lord would, would call us to something, to say, Lord, you must be crazy. That's not me. That's for somebody else. But they went and did that. Imagine their enthusiasm as they discovered what was possible from the works of their hands and the words on their lips. They must have been overjoyed as they came back, shocked perhaps, but with a lot to report. And Jesus didn't want them to just stand there and be excited about it, but he wanted them to come away to rest in it 
to rest with him. And I suspect there was some reflection that Jesus wanted them to enter into. Socrates, the great philosopher, said that the unexamined life is not worth living. And that's part of what this is about. That daily and, and lifelong ebb and flow between what we do and our rest from what we do can't just be about physical rest. But there also has to be in the Lord some reflection some taking stock of blessings, some reflection and examination of conscience of what we miss so that we can be more attentive to it the next time. Our Sabbath rest week after week is about that too. Our coming together before the Lord as a community of faith to observe the day of the Lord begins this day of this kind of our weekly day to come apart and rest in the Lord, not just to rest, not just to relax or recreate, but to gain perspective, to have that moment of reflection. This summer, I'm engaging in some reflection and study on my own skills as a leader and a pastor, and together with several other pastors in the archdiocese, I'm engaging in a, a self-study and uh, called the Catholic Leadership 360, and I'm working with a leadership coach, uh, and we're doing um, an evaluation of my own skills as pastor, and that includes a process of about, I think it's about 45 people, uh, superiors at the archdiocese, my staff, all the parish staff here, and parish leaders from the parish council and the finance committee and a few others, our corporators, all have a chance to contribute uh, in uh, completing an assessment and then I'll, all that will be gathered by my coach and we'll meet at the end of the summer and create an action plan for my own ongoing formation. And I'm seeing this as a moment not unlike this Sabbath rest, coming to rest in the Lord, not just rest but critical reflection. And I must say I'm a little bit nervous about what particularly some of the staff are going to say. But it's, I recognize all for my own benefit and ultimately for your benefit as I serve as your pastor. Uh, it's part of the process that our parish has been undergoing for the past several years in strategic planning and with the archdiocesan planning efforts uh, that some of the pastors have been invited to do this. And we'll do part of it together. There are five of us going through this and we'll meet as a group and reflect on some of our uh, goals and, and the things that we set forth. Uh, so I ask you to keep me in prayer during the next couple of months as all this unfolds. Uh, some of you, those who are uh, connected to staff or are on the leadership of the parish council uh, may have already seen or completed your assessment of me, review. All of this is about both the grace and the challenge that comes from resting in the Lord. Resting in the Lord is an opportunity to know his merciful love all the more, to find ourselves strengthened beyond what we think possible. But it's also a moment of challenge because to come away with the Lord means that the Lord is going, has something in store for us. And that might not be an easy thing to accept. And as the disciples went apart 
with him, it didn't last long before there was another call as the crowds came pressing on Jesus, looking for his help. When, we're, when we enter into prayer, when we enter into worship, we have to be ready for what the Lord would do. Not only the grace he would give, but the call that comes with that grace. And the two always go hand in hand. So let us be open. Open with our, with our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to how the Lord might shape and form us and conform us to do his will in all things. Amen.